When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Ball with the Beast podcast presented by our good friends at White Insurance Services. He is Brent Hubbs, and down at the bottom is one Paul Fortenberry, who's coming to you live from a Spring Hill Suites after the big Liberty win over Western Kentucky. Jamie Chadwell said, Tyson Helton, no more. Those hilltoppers. Hey, I got my glasses on. I was trying to see if I could make sure no one was stealing signs for either side last night. Wanted a real true fair game, unlike some other um prestigious they would call themselves cool. university so i was watching closely watching closely if this was ncis or something like that those things would have a camera in them so yeah yeah right here in the middle of it probably does they don't do that at michigan though the uh the sec uh shorts thing where they <laughs> they like give them the old school like 1980s like television camera <laughs> it was a pretty good bit it was a pretty good bit oh, i haven't seen that one those guys are hilarious i need to go make sure i i, I watch that yeah that's uh god we, we we talked off air about that one that one i can't wait to see what's gonna happen it's gonna be hilarious sorry michigan so tennessee uh, comes up short last week paul your overall thoughts on the uh loss at alabama um, obviously a, a horrendous second half, um, no other way to, to talk about it. And, and I know, and fairly so that the SEC officials, um, they didn't do you any favors, but frankly, neither did your, your team. You know, you didn't help yourself out on offense. Uh, you, you never really got control of, uh, of, of the game in the second half and defensively you gave up too many big plays. Obviously the big play coming right out of halftime was, was just killer. Alabama was able to get all the momentum back. Um, so, you know, when you look at it like that, I, I really just, you know, I try and look at the big picture more now than anything. And, and it was, I, I just, it was a bad second half, one really terrible half of football where at halftime you were sitting there thinking this may be one of the more complete halves of football that Tennessee's played all year, um, against the quality opponent. And so just a yin and yang game, uh, total opposite halves. Uh, but you know, big picture, I don't think, you know, God bless the GQ. Uh, I don't think it's panic time. It's not freak out time. Uh, I, I think they still have a lot left in front of them uh, coming into the last month of the season. Um, so obviously a disappointing second half. But again, I, I don't. You can't let that carry over uh, to the game this weekend. Over. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we've talked about it, and, and I think Paul's Paul's right. Tennessee was complete in the first half, with the exception of the red zone. And they've got to fix red zone woes. They've got to fix short yardage woes or make different decisions in short yardage situations. And and you got to play 60 minutes. You don't, you don't go into this league and and win a lot of games playing 45 minute games. Um, Mm -hmm. You you can't have a quarter off. You took quarter off at Florida. You gave up 20 points in the second quarter, you no showed to start the third quarter and you gave up 17 and and there's your football game. Tennessee's got to learn how to finish. Uh, they've got to learn how to play six, a, a full 60-minute football game, particularly on the road in this league, and that starts on Saturday. You play 45 minutes in Lexington, Kentucky, you're not going to like the result. You better line up and play because it's harder for this team, right? I mean, it's 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 harder for them to score. So you've got to play the game differently. you got to manage the game differently, and you got to play for 60 minutes. Speaking of this league, 
Let's take a tour around it, and we'll start with. Well, hey, AP, can I jump in yeah, real quick? Ahead. I know we want to. We, I know we want to talk about it, but I thought this, and, and you guys, I thought this was the first game, and I'm not as close to the program, but it looked like there was just some questionable calls offensively. Did they miss? Did they miss Alex Golish? Did they miss? You know, maybe he brought something different. Not AP. I see you grinning over there, but I, I, I thought. This was the first fairly game of the season where I thought, man, Heupel, you just—he didn't have the mojo. Some of the the fourth down calls just didn't feel it. Now, obviously, if he makes it, hey, he, he did great. And we're all saying what a genius he was. But this was the first game I thought fairly so deserved a little bit of criticism for some of those calls. Yeah, I'm all happy, Josh. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I think you know we. It, it's it's a situation where. They're not, they're just not very good on on in short yardage, and what they're doing in short yardage doesn't work. So you you, you got to make the adjustment there, or um, you you just don't go for it, right? Like you punt yeah. the ball and you play field position. So um, do they miss goalish? Uh, probably to some degree. I mean, listen, they they were together for a while and um had had success now josh will tell you and anybody who knows josh around will tell you he had success long before he got hooked up with alex golish and um i'm sure he'll have success once alex Golish is gone but when when you got new people in the in new roles it, it's it's different you know and, and you've got to learn and, and adjust to it and uh we'll see I'll, I'll be curious to see how they manage the game this week you know when they get a mid a fourth down call near midfield what's he going to do you know, part of that is based on how they're playing against Kentucky. But I think you also have to look at the fact, AP, they just weren't real good about it. All right. Now that we've called uh, – now, now that Paul's called for uh, Joey Halls and Josh Heupel's job. Oh, my gosh. Not at all. No one should be that crazy. No one should be that crazy. Well, Heupel's the guy. Give him the extension already. He's – Well, they already gave him an extension. $9 million. Worth it. Exactly why worth he, it. Which is why he's got – which is why he, it's okay to criticize him a little bit. For yeah. the decision to go for it on fourth down, up three. Criticize me all you want if I'm making nine million a year. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, correct. So we travel down to College Station, South Carolina, two and five, trying to avoid going two and six after another loss last week, where uh, Beamer kicked a field goal down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter um, in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, classic Beamer. Um, do we give South Carolina any shot on the road? I'm not. Um, you know, I think we've all kind of figured out who South Carolina is this far into the season. Spencer Rattler is a good player, and he's going to make some plays, but uh, their defense is not good. Um, and offensively, they're they're very one-dimensional. So, um, now, Texas A&M, you know, they're not a great football team, but they're a much tougher football team than South Carolina. So, yeah, I think A&M down there, that, that's going to be – that's such a tough place to play to ask South Carolina who – I mean – yeah, we were around guys, we've all been around the football teams. When you get this late in the season and you're not very good, I mean, it just it starts to snowball and st guys start playing for themselves. They don't play for the team. Um, you, you know, you get you, you get hurt. It's a lot easier to sit on the sidelines and to come back out. And and I'm wondering if, if South Carolina is at that point in the season, if 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 it's starting to, to fall apart a little bit. And and Hubbard, for that very reason. One would imagine if South Carolina can muster anything here and upset AM, Jimbo ain't making it to Monday. If you lose to two and five, South Carolina, I think that's exactly finally where everybody says oh. enough. I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, AM's way, way more talented. And as good as AM is at the, at the line of scrimmage, 
this should be a, a day where, you know, Rattler is abused all day long. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's one of those deals where, I mean, South Carolina can't have any real confidence right now uh, on either side of the ball. Um, you wonder how they're handling things, you know, kind of where their mental approach is, um, given that, I mean, your head coach broke his foot in frustration after a loss. Um, you know, he decided to open his press conference by by scorching the school for not having an interview. Like, like you just kind of wonder where they're at in terms of, of kind of headspace and sort of stay in the course and, and all those types of things. It doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of that going on right now. So uh, I think this is a really difficult for ma- matchup for South Carolina. Um, you know, it's a long trip to Columbia, Missouri, back to Columbia, South Carolina. Now you're going over to College Station. Um, I, I don't think this sets up well for South Carolina at all. No. Again, and, and Beamer is a uh... – He's a struggle bus when it comes to pointing the finger in losses. At it doesn't matter whether it's the hot dog chain guys or the opposing media room or I mean, like there's always his some, own team. Yeah. A couple of weeks he threw his own team just yeah. I mean, There's, the there's always the something. Yeah, you got. You just got to read the room better. And 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 again, there's Sometimes the less you say, the the better off things are. Sometimes, so it's fun to do that when you're winning. You you can make funny jokes and do all that stuff when when you're winning. But the other the flip side of that is nobody cares when you lose. I will say I will say this: hats off to the Missouri social media team because the reproduction of the Full House deal, the (laughs) Full House deal making fun of South Carolina who did the full house thing, which they drew all the praise for was a, was a pretty good clap back after their win. That was, I saw that. If, if you get into that world, if that's your thing, that one, that one was pretty creative. I, I, I thought they, to me, I, I making fun of them, I think they should have rolled a step-by-step or one of those others family. GIF show, right? Yeah, man. Like that, like I would have went with a different one. Okay. And, and, and made fun of them that way. But either way, like it was still funny. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I found it very entertaining. Um, I would have went with who's the boss and take <laughs> a whole decade back before, before, yeah, you know, old school right there. there, you know, cause I mean, Hey, Drinkwitz is, is Beamer's boss. Um, Florida, Georgia, we've got the outdoor party or whatever they're calling it these days because, you know, we can't say cocktail. We can't have the beer barrel, you know. But we can sell those cocktails and that yeah. beer in the stadiums. Um, Florida, obviously, is uh, not near a favorite to win this game. Georgia is a big favorite um, in this game. But occasionally in this matchup, a team that's the underdog can hang around and make it interesting. What will it take for Florida to be that team? Man, I, I think, you know, last I saw, and I don't know if it's still right, Georgia was a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. And I, I, I think that's a little too big. Um, I, I, upset. I, well, I'm not saying the upset, but, uh, you know, Brock Bowers not supposed to play right, Captain America. Who, you know, I think he should win the Heisman Trophy. We've already talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, now, I, I, I think um, this just feels like a we don't know. This is weird. We're, you know, what, today's 10 – 1025. I don't think I know still who Georgia is. Like, yeah, they had the game where Carson Beck went off and man, he looked great. Their defense has been solid. But then on the flip side, you know, 
Uh, Florida has a, a nice win, I think, over Tennessee. And um, South Carolina, who's not great, but Mertz throws for, what, 400-something yards. He goes crazy. I just don't know that this is going to be one of those games where Georgia's just going to go in there and run away from it. Maybe they get the 14, you know, 14, 15 point win at a, uh, adding a late score or something. But it, Austin, you kind of said it. These games are always tough. It's it's a weird game in rivalry games. Florida still has some talent. Um, and, and I don't know. We all keep saying it. Maybe we're just wrong that Georgia's not as good or as talented as they've been the last two years. But hey, if you win, you win. So I do I do expect a closer game though on Saturday than than the 14 and a half point spread. Yeah, here's here's the interesting thing for me about Georgia is because of the injury to Brock Bowers, do they do do they kind of cut it loose in a different way? Were they a little bit too dependent on him at, at times? It was kind of it was Brock Bauer, Brock Bauer. You know, just like early on, they weren't going to, they didn't turn Carson Beck loose till the second half against South Carolina, the second half against Auburn. Um, do, do they, when, with not having him there, do they do some things differently offensively, maybe open it up a little bit more and not just be so dependent on him? Um, I, I'd be curious to see kind of how aggressive Georgia is uh, in this football game, particularly early offensively. Back in 1997, Tennessee needed Georgia to beat Florida to get to Atlanta. This year, they need Florida to beat Georgia, and then they'll have to take care of business themselves to still potentially get to Atlanta. Does it feel like 97? That's the question. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I'm, you know what? I'll be interested to see what happens when Georgia comes to Knoxville here in a couple weeks. Tennessee's been really good at home. The last loss at home oh, yeah. was to Georgia. That was a much different Georgia team and a much different Tennessee team. Yep. Um, not as good offensively, though, this year. So, you know, if Bowers isn't back, you know, does that kind of mitigate things? I'm with Hubs, though. Like, now that he's not there, they're going to be forced to go to some different people. Does Lad McConkey reemerge? What about those transfer receivers that have, you know, had a few splash plays here and there? Again, Georgia's still uber-talented. Um, you know, heading into this game. And then we've got the uh, battle for the beer barrel that we no longer uh, battle for, but uh, I'm going to still call it that. Um, it's Tennessee and Kentucky, Paul. And, you know, is your boy Devin O'Leary, the Irishman, ready? Um, you, you know, he's probably as ready as he'll ever be, but I don't know. If, if, uh, if the officials will just call half the holding penalties that happen on Tennessee's defensive line or a quarter of them, I mean that's that's going to set them back, you know, ten yards. Sorry, just I had to get a jab. I, I, these, it's been really bad, and maybe it is every week against all the defensive lines. But I don't know what I'm missing against Tennessee's defensive line to get the to miss that. But, um, you know, I do think Tennessee's defensive line is, is the key here. Can they stop Ray Davis or slow him down? Uh, you, you know, Mister Leary O'Leary, um, as maybe I like to call him. Man, he's not the gamer that we thought he was coming over from NC State. So I think you can contain him. Um, and, and, you know, Tennessee's defensive back, can't you take that one half out, out from the Alabama game and they're, they're, they're playing really solid football. So, um, you know, I, I do think Tennessee de defensively will have to step up. O offensively, golly, they just got to – they've got to be consistent. I think that's the hardest thing with, with this team and, and Milton is overall the, the consistency. I mean, they're, they're such a yo-yo team, it seems like, offensively. You know, one minute they're hot, and then the next minute they 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 go three and out two possessions in a row, and and so if you can just be consistent against Kentucky, you're better than Kentucky. 
but but if you if you have these periods where you go two three drives in a row where you're three and oh you know you're three and out punt three and out punt or you know a four or five and out punt um then, then you give kentucky more opportunities and ray davis may break a big one right um so that, that's that's my thought on this game tennessee's a better team uh but can they find some kind of consistency and and to me, that all starts with the ground game. Continue to lean on Jalen Wright. Continue to lean on Jabari Small and Dylan Sampson. That, that, that three-headed monster. That you, you go as they go. So, can you lean on them and, and get some first downs and get drives going? That's that's how I think about this game moving into it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I think you got to win first down. I, yeah. mean, I think on both sides of the ball, you got to win first down. Put it in Leary's, on Leary's shoulder in third and longer situations. So Tennessee's ability to stop the run early downs, they did a really good job of that in the first half against Alabama, not nearly as well in the second half against Alabama. Tennessee first downs against Alabama in the first half, almost eight yards of play. Um, It was like three and a half, four yards of play in the second half. That changes what you call offensively on second and third down when you get off schedule. Uh, They don't have the ability to go – with a big 60-yard play to kind of make up for a loss yard, for, for to make up for second and 12. Um, it, it doesn't feel like. They have big, big play Kentucky to death the last two years. Can mm. they find big plays in this game? I, I don't know. Here's the other thing, Austin, too. I am going to be fascinated to see what the whistle looks like early in this game because, because the SEC is never going to acknowledge or admit anything. But is there a couple of early holding penalties called? You know what I mean? Is, yeah. is there, is, is that. I think I don't. I'm in agreement with you on that. So it's not just me saying that. Watching the game, you guys are in no, agreement. No, no, I mean, but is there going to oh, be a pass? Inter- is there going to be a pass interference penalty called? And listen, I'm not saying it's going to be the difference in the game, but I will be fascinated to see what the early whistle looks like in this game because the the SEC is never going to acknowledge any mistake ever that that was made uh, previously. But sometimes, as we all know, there's some makeup things here and there along the way. I'd be curious to see what this whistle looks like. I, I agree. I've we said that, I've said that early, since early in the week that I thought that Tennessee would get the whistle in Lexington to make up for the, for the lack of whistle in Tuscaloosa. And, you know, it also goes back to like kind of like when, you know, Jordan would, you know, not get a whistle, you know, and Phil Jackson would go, it's ridiculous, you know, and then he would lose his mind. And literally the next game, the guy blinks at him and they're blowing the whistle you know, against Jordan or, you know, for Jordan against the other team. So, I mean, I appreciated your question to Heupel about asking him about it. And, you know, Heupel did the smart thing and didn't get fined. I think if I'm making $9 million a year, I let it loose. (laughs) I take one for the team, write that check. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, you know, I was not surprised Monday at the way he went about it, but in the moment after the game, that one was, and, and, you can watch the video in AP. You're, I mean, the restraint he showed was all – that was all the, he had. <laughs> well, the thing that is still just so maddening to me, so maddening, is is you the, the whether it's the SEC or the NFL, 
And the NFL does a little bit better job on it, or maybe just Jim Irsay tells us that they admit they screwed up. Um, but you've got to have some kind of accountability and transparent accountability. Hey, if you know so and so misses seven calls, man, he's not play, he's not doing a game in two weeks or three weeks, however far out you have to schedule it out. Until you do that, until there's public accountability, and I know it's a I know refereeing's a hard gig. I get it. Nobody wants to do it, but you've got so much technology, you've got so much money that you should be reviewing things. And uh, you know, I don't know what the balance is of. Yeah, you can call a holding call on every play, right? You you, you probably could, um, but but at times where it changes a game, like it did, I, and I'm not trying to be a Tennessee apologist, but there were times where a penalty change the momentum of a game, you know, on crucial third downs, you, you get it. You thought you got to stop and, or, or, you know, it should have been an extra 10 yards and you redo third down to, to, to have it, to, to not have any solution and just let it go on year after year. I think it's just getting old and people are getting so tired of it. And eventually it's, it, it'll, it'll wound the game. I think, I don't know how or what it looks like, but somebody has got to step up and include more technology or, or, or figure a way to, to make some, to create some kind of, accountability or transparency uh, because right now it just feels like, and deservedly so, rightfully so, it just feels like Alabama gets the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, and and while I don't think it's probably that cut and dry until the SEC does something about it, it's they're going to continue to have to have that around them. Every team's going to think about it. We, we know you're not a Tennessee apologist, Paul. You called for their firings earlier. Um, so all of them out of here. Um I'll tell you who's not getting fired. And that's Paul Fordenberry over at Wide Insurance Services, where he does a great job. Paul, tell us what's going on as we uh, hit the end of October. Halloween is coming up next week. And uh, then the calendar turns to your favorite holiday, and that's Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I love the, the part of this is just really helping business owners in, improve their insurance coverages and, and, and save money, which impacts lives, you know, it impacts how uh, what business owners can do for, for their employees and, um, you know, maybe be able to help them pay them more, whatever that may be. And recently we were just able to help cut someone's insurance costs by nearly 50 percent on a on, on a really big business account, which is huge for our clients, because, like I said, what they get to do with that extra the extra revenue that they get to keep in their pockets, whether that's they get to bless their families or they get to bless their employees or they get to invest more into their business. And we, we get to sleep, you know, comfortable at night too, knowing we didn't skimp any coverages. We make sure that their business is safe and taken care of and that we're, we're getting the best value for their um, insurance. We think of about it as a return on investment. So we're really proud of that at Wyatt and that's what we strive to do. So if you're interested to see how we could help you, please visit wyattinsurance.com. Shoot me an email at paul at wyattinsurance.com or call us 865-862-3997. Give Paul a call today and he will set you up with unbelievable coverage and uh he might even get you a pair of those specs that of course you know do have the camera hey, lasik surgery boys i gotta wear these for a few weeks before lasik surgery let's take a look at the picks and it's a it's a down week in the conference kind of a boring week we're not gonna have any kind of uh you know there's not gonna be any separation this week i know we're all taking the same if we're not i'll be stunned um awesome. a lot of just like i thought uh, everybody's taking Texas A&M, uh, everybody's taking Florida, everybody's taking Auburn, and uh, everybody's taking Ole Miss. So, uh, yeah. I thought, Paul, I thought you were going with Florida after that buildup that you had earlier in the deal. I thought, I thought you had the Gators and a big win there. I, I think I'd take Florida in the points if they're giving 14 and a half, if, if Georgia is. I think I'd take that. But straight up, no, not happening. 
here's the one thing. I mean, Kirby Smart knows this rivalry. I mean, he gets this rivalry as a player and a coach. Where where does Florida in their understanding of just kind of the intensity? I mean, Kirby Smart will have Georgia, you know, chewing the steel in the locker room coming out. Now, it may not be enough, you know, to to, to blow them out. Um, but, I mean, the challenge Florida is going to have is going to be to match Georgia's early intensity in this game because I promise you, I mean, Kirby Smart's got – he's got every – quote he could find that says George is supposed to lose this game, which nobody has said, but he'll find that quote somewhere <laughs> he and, is, and have this team ready to go. He's the high school coach that would take an old bed sheet and, you know, spray paint it and hang it from the stands at the stadium and go, <laughs> the opposing team did that. Did you see what they did? You know, the opposing team's not left their campus all week, you know. I mean, he's 100% that way. And Hubbard, I haven't thought, but you're right. Georgia, it feels like this is always a bigger game for Georgia than it is for Florida. Since, you know what I mean? Since Spurrier was gone. You know, Spurrier was always trying to hang a half a hundred on him because he was still mad about something that happened during his playing days where he got beat and he was still trying to play catch-up. It just – it doesn't. I mean, it's got a. It seems like it's got a little bit more juice. I mean, Georgia's mad. It's in Jacksonville. You know, Georgia's always got a little angry edge about him in this game. So, so Florida has to match that early intensity, and that's not been Florida's strength. When you look at where they're at, I mean, they, you know, they've gotten jumped on by a good number of teams and have tried to play catch up, even in games that they've won. Um, so, can they be ready and, and match that intensity out of the gate? This Auburn game, I think it's the first one to 14 probably wins. If somebody <laughs> get to 14. My first, question, one to, first one to two. My question with Auburn is defensively, can they continue at the level that they're going at when the offense is not producing as much as it can? I don't think Mississippi State can score, so I think Auburn wins this game. This is a big game for both these teams because winner here is probably a bowl team. Loser is probably not a bowl team, right? No, I thought about the same thing that I, I I wrestled with this pick. I mean, yeah, Mississippi State's win over Arkansas didn't look pretty, or I don't know, it, it didn't even look ugly. What's worse than ugly? Uh, but gorgeous, yeah. But they but they won. They figured it out. I mean, you know, they aren't who they were under Leach anymore. That's for sure. And they can't score seemingly, you know, out of nowhere. Um, but goodness, you know, I think this is a big game just for Auburn to and, and Hugh Freeze in particular to kind of hey, we're moving in the right direction. There's not leftovers from last year. Losing games you shouldn't lose. So um, yeah, I, I think at Mississippi State maybe it's a different conversation. But but here at Auburn, um, and and then hey, Megan, I just real quick, I didn't hear AP talk about it. I saw you had the stance, the records up at the bottom. Where did those go? There we go. What? Who's? Oh, okay. Just making sure everybody saw that. Still winning. Good. Good to know. It, well, it would be tied if Justin Wilcox had a kicker. No, <laughs> it wouldn't. You're down two. You're down two. I mean, you can't. Yeah. Paul would have lost that one. I would have won that one. Yeah, we're right there, AP. Listen, Paul pays for it. We'll let him win. <laughs> All right. So we're, let's get to Paul's pick here. I mean, we this is a trash week in the conference. We've still almost done thirty minutes. So, so yeah. But, um, I had to talk about officiating for a while. I have to get on one rant a week. That's kind of my that's will, my will Paul pick the cats? The question is No. No. I'm not picking I Lexington, Kentucky, no offense to the fine people that live there. This is the worst place to go watch a football game. Tennessee is a business trip. Fly in. Well, they don't fly. 
Drive in, whatever. Drive to Lexington. Get out of there as quickly as possible. Is it calling for gray sky and rain like usual? No, it's actually. I mean, it's a night game, so it'll be dark. But it's calling for uh, seventy-two during the day and clear skies. 60s. No, no, no. Chance of rain. Chance oh, okay. Rain. Then it's gonna rain. If well, you've ever been up there and there's a chance of rain, it's gonna just settle right in on Lexington. A mist. It'll be a nasty mist. But no, man. I, I just think I think Tennessee is the better team. I think Kentucky will struggle to slow down Tennessee's run game and should open up some opportunities in, in the past game. Tennessee's going to have to execute. And I just don't think that um, for as maybe inconsistent as I've said Tennessee is in this podcast, I don't I don't have any trust in Kentucky playing a, a really good opponent like they are this week. So, um, you know, I do consider it a pretty good game. What Tennessee's, I think, three and a half, four-point favorite. I, I would – I think Tennessee wins by, by a touchdown and – Brent, you made a good point earlier. It makes me kind of a little, little sheepish, but the, the 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 big plays Tennessee's hit over the last few years with Kentucky, and how that's somewhat been the separator, and that that's kind of been Tennessee's um, Achilles heel, the lack of explosive plays. How will that play out in the game? So I'm interested to see that. But yeah, I, I think Tennessee ends up getting the job done and driving that bus home late into the night, pulling in an Knoxville with a dub. Brent and uh, myself will pick the game later in the week when the picks are in on Friday. They are Brent Hubs. Here's the last thing out the door. I know we got to go. I'm really surprised that Paul enjoyed going to Columbia, Missouri to watch football more than he enjoyed going to Lexington. No, no. I enjoyed neither of those places. You just said it was, you just, I mean, you pretty much said that's exactly what you said. That's what you said. The worst place. I can name name four places in the conference. Tied, tied. Columbia, South Carolina, Columbia, Missouri, Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky, all Mississippi State. Oh, well, no, no, no. no. Okay, Starkville is there, but Nashville's great. It's just like you have to take a detour to Vanderbilt Stadium for three hours to watch a game. But you're in Nashville. It's great. All right. They are Brent Hubs and Paul Fordberry. This has been the Ball at the Beast podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe this video. Get it out to more Vol fans or more SEC fans as we travel around the conference each week and talk SEC football presented by our good friends at Wyatt Insurance Services. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.